الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد We've spoken about the position that the Sunnah holds and we spoke about the importance that the Salaf gave the Sunnah, right? And we spoke about the Sahabas and the Tabi'een the way that they venerated and honored the Sunnah. Now we're going to go into the last chapter for today which is how the people of whims and desires are towards the Sunnah. Ashabu al-Ahwa wal-Firaq Ashab Al-Ahwa Wal-Firaq The people of desires And the people of innovation Wa mawqifuhum Min hujiyyat sunnah Now we've spoken about the position that the Sunnah holds, how the Salaf gave importance to the Sunnah. Let's talk about the opposite groups, the deviated groups. What does the Sunnah mean to them? Okay? And how do they see the Sunnah? At this time, وَمَوْقِفُهُمْ مِنْ حُجِّيَةِ السُنَّةِ We're now going to mention some of the prominent people who came. Remember I mentioned the statement of Muhammad ibn Sirin. كَانُوا The Salaf, they never used to ask. كَانُوا لَا يَسْأَلُونَ عَنِ الْإِسْنَادِ فَلَمَّا وَقَعَتِ الْفِتْنَةِ They never used to ask about the chain. But when the fitna happened, what fitna is he talking about? He's talking about when the innovators came. Verification is needed. Some of the innovators who came is Abdullah ibn Sab'a al-Yahudi. Abdullah ibn Sab'a al-Yahudi. For example, who came is um, Ja'ad ibn Dirham. Ibrahim al-Nadham Bishr al-Marisi Jahm ibn Safwan Jaham ibn Safwan These are the people who came Each and every one of them Abdullah ibn Sabah al-Yahudi Was asli Yahudi He came into Islam to destroy it Ja'ad ibn Dirham His chain Ja'ad ibn Dirham's chain Goes into what? It goes into the man Who done magic on the Prophet 
He goes into him. He sent it. It's from there. All of these people, they came to destroy Islam within. Ibrahim al-Nabbam al-Mu'tazili. Bishr al-Marisi. Where Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Uthman al-Darimi and other scholars. Imam al-Shafi'i and others. They refuted him. Jaham ibn Safwan. Which the group, the Jahmiyyah attribute themselves to. These are the people who came. Fitna started happening now. And what was their debate and their arguments? Issues pertaining to the Sunnah. Sunnah was respected and it was venerated. The Salaf loved it. As I gave examples, the Quran gave him... These individuals started coming. And they started saying things. Are you with me, brothers? Now I'm going to mention something very important, which is... How was their rejection of the Hadith? How were they doing it? They did it in two ways. I want you to take this point on. It's very important. Number one is The way that they rejected was what? Rejecting the Sunnah based on their intellects. Like Ibrahim and Nadam and others, we'll go, we'll go into more details, don't worry. Rejecting the Sunnah based on their logic. This doesn't make sense to me. This hadith does not make sense to me. Ah, my mind cannot digest it. What? So it's rejected. We'll speak about that in more details, inshallah ta'ala. Second one was what? Atta'anu fi ruwatiha. Bilhawa. Please pay attention to this point because this is, really is important for all of us to know. The second one is, first one is, Raddu Sunnati First one was what? They reject the hadith based on their what? On their logic. The second one is, Atta'anu fi ruwatiha. They start to criticize the narrators. Like pretending to be like the people of. Hadith, but their rejection of the narrators is based upon what? Bilhawa, based on desires. They're not following the science of hadith. They're not following the science of hadith. They're rejecting the sunnah. First of all, it doesn't make sense to us. This hadith is not logical. Ah, this hadith does not make sense logically. Number two, fi ruwatiha bilhawa, criticizing. The narrators based on desires. Saying this narrator, I'm not going to take his hadith. Ah. Based on desires. We'll take examples of that. Okay. Let's add a third one to it. Wadh al hadith. Fabricating narrations. And the reason why they will fabricate narrations is they will make up narrations that logically don't make sense. And they will say, look at the sunnah. It's mentioning things that don't logically make sense. Are you with me, brothers? They will make up narrations. They will fabricate narrations. And say, the Prophet said this. And once people start thinking, the Prophet said it. They said, does this even logically make sense, what your Prophet is saying? 
in order to reject the sunnah, they fabricate narrations. And when they fabricate the narration, knowingly that this narration logically doesn't make sense, then they say, let's reject all the sunnah because it doesn't logically make sense. Are you with me? Sorry, wadul hadith. Wadul hadith. It's wadul hadith, it's to place the hadith. Okay. Let's look at the first one, which is Raddu Sunnati Bi'uqulihim. Rejecting the Sunnah based on their, on, in their intellect. They do that in two ways. When you see them reject the hadith based on their intellect, they do it in two ways. The first one is a Rad Mutlaq. This one is called what? Rad Rad Mutlaq Unrestrictedly They're the ones who are called Al-Qur'aniyun They call themselves Zuran wa Buhtanan wa Tadlil and they call themselves Al-Qur'aniyun That we follow the The Qur'an They They say the Sunnah doesn't logically make sense So what should we do? Reject it in all totality. The hadith, the Quran is enough for us. Are you with me? The Quran is what? The Quran is enough for us. The second one is what? Rad juzi. Rad juzi. They don't unrestrictedly. Ama. Let's call it rad muqayyad. This is mutlaq. Let's say rad rad muqayyad instead of calling it juzi. These ones are called Rad Muqayyad. Rad Muqayyad. Which means it's a restricted type of rejection. It's not unrestricted. It's restricted. What is it restricted to? I will accept it if it's multitude narration. But if it's few in number, if it's ahad, don't bring it to me. Are you with me, brothers? So the first ones are unrestrictedly forget the sunnah leave sunnah why are you going to the sunnah isn't the quran not enough that's the first rejection so when you ask them why the sunnah doesn't logically make sense the sunnah is what's bringing us the problem in the first place are you with me so let's get rid of the sunnah we're going to go into details each one we're going to go in details but i first want you to understand the outline the second one are we reject the sunnah but not unrestrictedly. Hey, how? We reject the sunnah if it's single narration. So they're restricted. They're only restricted to this. Ahad. If it's few in number, we don't take it. We want multitude narration. So please pay attention with me here. Please pay attention with me here. Because we're going to take these two, inshallah ta'ala, for the next remaining time that we have. We're going to take these two, okay? The next 15 minutes, we're going to take both of those. Rad mutlaq and the Rad muqayyad. Okay? Let's look at those who come with the Rad mutlaq. The Rad mutlaq, as I mentioned to you, are those who believe the Qur'an is enough and we don't need no sunnah. And that the Qur'an is the only thing in Islam that should be taken and there's no evidence to follow the sunnah. Those ones we've already spoken about them somehow. 
Remember at the beginning, the story that I mentioned of Hassan al-Basri and Imran ibn Hussein. The man who said to Imran ibn Hussein when he was sitting with him, sitting, sitting with him, he said, لا تحدثنا, لا تحدثونا إلا بالقرآن. He said to Imran ibn Hussein, don't tell us anything other than the Quran, right? And then Imran ibn Hussein, he said to him, Udru, come close. And then he came close and he said to him, do you not see if the Quran and its affairs were placed in your hands? How would you determine the way to pray the Salah? How would you know Dhuhr is four, and Asr is four, and Maghrib is three, and Isha is four, and Fajr is two? How would you know the Tawaf around the Kaaba is seven? How would you know the Sa'i Bayna Safa wal Marwa is seven? Where would you get that from, he said. So that is Rad Mutlaq. And Imran Hussein refuted him in that. Here the question I've researched is, was this at the time of the Salaf a one-off incident? There were individuals like that, one-off. Or were there a group who believed only the Qur'an? If you look at Imam al-Shafi'i's two books, Jumma'ul Ilm, and his other kitab, Al-Risala, you kind of sense there was a group like that. But the only group that I, tried, when I researched and I looked into the books of Firaq and sects, the only group that I can say that meet that criteria, that were most likely like that, were the Shia. Because the Shia, they done takfir of the Sahabas, right? So they would reject the Sunnah. They were what? They would reject the Sunnah. So most likely, they would be the first group to be said that they came with what? Rad. Rad mutlaq. Rejecting the Sunnah in totality and not accepting it. And an Imam al-Shafi'i, in his kitab al-Risala, Jumma'ul Ilm, and his kitab al-Um, he refutes them. He has chapters on them in refuting them when it comes to the issue of following the Sunnah. Also, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he has a kitab in Hajj al-Sunnah Nabawiyyah, where he proves that the Shia, they don't take the Sunnah, and they reject it in totality. And there's another kitab called Miftah al-Jannah wal-Ihtijad bil-Sunnah by Suyuti rahimahullahu ta'ala, and the kitab by Abu Wazir al-Yamani al-Rawd al-Basim fi al-Dabbi an Sunnati Abi al-Qasim. These are three books that one should try to, insha'Allah ta'ala, look into. I want to go come to this group today who reject the Sunnah in totality. Today. Where do we see them? I'm aware are they? When the British colony came to India and the non-Muslims, they have their different ways of attacking a nation. It's not just always military. Sometimes it's psychological and it's other ways they do it. And in one of the ways that they did it was to destroy Islam within. And so they made groups. So because the British were a military force in India and the people of India were trying to liberate them from the country, they created a group known as the Ahmadiyya. And the idea behind it was for them not to fight with, with the British soldiers. So Mirza Ghulam Ahmed and others and groups like that were made who then rejected the Sunnah of the Prophet and the group of the Qur'aniyun had started to have a weight in India and they have a books and authors and works and that's in terms of India in the Arab world two groups took it the first group was a madrasa called al-madrasa al-islahiyya it's called Madrasatu al-Islahiyya. And it was a madrasa 
that was based in what? Egypt. It was based in Egypt. And the way that Madrasa Salihiyah tried to spread their rejection of the Sunnah in totality was in two ways. Number one, they had a magazine called Majallatul Manar. And Majallatul Manar was actually a magazine or a newspaper that was looked over by one great sheikh who, before I go to him, before him was Muhammad um, Abduh, and Muhammad Abduh took from his sheikh Jamaluddin al Afghani. Jamaluddin al Afghani rejected Sunnah in totality. And so did his student, Muhammad Abduh. And then Muhammad Rashid Rida, who carried on the magazine in Egypt, Majallatul Manar, he also used to let in the Majallatul Manar some articles on rejection of the Sunnah in totality and not accepting of the Sunnah. For example, one of the, magaz- the magazines that were out was Al-Islamu Huwa Al-Quran Wahda. Islam is only the Quran. And it was something he looked over and he approved of. The second way that they did it, this Madrasa Al-Islahiyya, was a book written called Adwa'u Ala Sunnah Al-Muhammadiyya by Abu Rayya. Okay? Abu Rayya. And one sheikh from Yemen, Sheikh Al-Allama Abdurrahman Yahya Al-Mu'allimi, he wrote a kitab called Al-Anwar Al-Kashifa, which he refuted Abu Rayya in the issue of the Sunnah and his rejection of the Sunnah. And another sheikh, Al-Suba'i, he wrote, he wrote a good kitab called Al-Sunnah Wa Makanatuha, the Sunnah and its position. That's the first group. Now I'm going to go into the next group. Okay? I'm going to go into the next group, which is those who rejected the Sunnah, restricted like him. What did they do? Restricted. What did they restrict it to? This is Rad Muqayyad. They said if it's only few in narration. If it's few in narration, what do we do? We reject it. But if it's multitude in narration, we, we accept it, they said. We will what? We will accept it. Between themselves, they differed. So they said few in narration. The Mu'tazila, which is the first group, they said, we will not take ahad, which is few, we won't take it in ahkam, and we will not also take it in al-i'tiqad. So they rejected the few in fiqh-related issues, and they also reject it in what? And, and, and Aqeedah. That's the Mu'tazila. So this group, this is three types. The first type is the Mu'tazila, who said, we take mutawatir in fiqh, and we take mutawatir in what? Aqeedah. The second group is the Asha'ira. Al-Asha'ira. Asha'ira, they said, we take ahad in ahkam. There's no problem. Fiqh, no problem. Like we don't take ahad in what? Al-i'tiqat. We won't take ahad in aqidah. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And the third group of scholars is Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. What did they say? 
Ahlul Sunnah is a third group of people. What did they say? They said, we will take it. Uh, 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 huh? We will take Ahad in I'tiqad and we will take it in Ahkam. Okay? We will take it in I'tiqad and we will take it in Ahkam. There's no exception. The Prophet said it, if it meets the criteria of what? وَأَهْلُ هَذِ الشَّأْنِ قَسَّمُ السُّنَنْ إِلَىٰ صَحِيحٍ وَضَعِيفٍ وَحَسَنٍ The first one is what? أَوَّلُهَا الْمَتَّصَلَ سَنَدُهُ It's whatever its chain of narration is what? It's connected. The sanad is connected. بِنَقْلِ عَدْلٍ ضَابِضِ فُؤَادِ مِنْ غَيْرِ مَا شُذُوذٍ وَعِلَّةٍ قَادِحَةٍ فُتُودِ meets the criteria of authenticity we take it if it doesn't meet the criteria of authenticity we reject it we don't look at whether it's ahad or not doesn't matter five conditions we look at if those five conditions are met sahih whether it's few in narration or whether it's large in narration it doesn't matter that's what Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah said as for these two other groups they deviated and diverted from the what? from the belief of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah does that make sense? So we've learnt how the innovators are regarding the proof of the Sunnah. Sunnah The people of desires and the people of deviation, this is it. First of all, these are the people who caused the division in Islam. It came from them originally. And the way they rejected it is in three ways. Any narrator they don't like, criticize him. Like Imam al Bukhari, Sahih today. You hear people say, Bukhari, uh, he's who is he? He's not even Arab. Sahih. Criticizing him. Are you with me, brothers? And the third one is hadith. Some of them were making up hadith. They were lying about the Prophet deliberately. And the reason why they were lying about the Prophet was what? To break Islam within. It was to destroy Islam within. And as a country has border controls that control the border, the people who control the borders of the Sharia are the ulama, scholars of hadith. They, don't, they protect it from whatever's coming. Who are you? Where's your visa? Okay, you can come in. The people who do that are who? Ahlul hadith. They're hurras Sharia. They're the border control. They protect it from who's coming, who's leaving. Are you with me, brothers? And without them, Wallahi, our religion would be like the religion of the Jews and the Christians. The Jews and the Christians, what's happened to them now? If you go to the church on Saturday, they're singing, they're dancing. In the UK, that's how they are. On Saturday, in the church, there's no worshipping, they're dancing. What happened? Their scholars didn't protect the borders. So everybody came, they added what they wanted to do it. So if you go to three churches next to each other, each church is doing whatever they want. Each church is doing whatever they want. And this shows that if the religion is not protected and it's not looked after, it will head towards that direction. Well, it will head where? It will head towards that direction. Um, anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and Shaytan and Allah and His Messenger are free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shadwa la ilaha illallah astaghfiruhu wa atubu Any questions? So when we go to the shurut al-sahih, inshallah, in the tadween al-hadith, we're going to go in more details. We're going to go in great details. The first one is Abdullah ibn Sabah, al-Yahudi. 
السكن عبد الله بن سبأ اليهودي السكن والإز جعد بن درهم جعد ابن درهم الثالث والإز إبراهيم النظام المعتزلي نمبر فور إز بشر المريسي المريسي بشر المريسي النمبر فايف إز جهم بن صفوان جهم ابن صفوان I just wanted to, inshallah ta'ala, uh, inform you all, if you didn't hear about it, that there's going to be a one-day one seminar starting after Salatul Asri today. And it's going to carry on until uh, 10, 11 o'clock, inshallah ta'ala. It's on the topic of hope uh, in the times of hardship. How to have hope in the time of what? Hardship. Inshallah ta'ala, the first speaker will be Sheikh Muhammad Tim Humble, and he will be speaking about the topic of dua of Nabiullah Yunus ibn Matta. The dua that he made. And the Prophet said in the hadith of Sahih that anyone who makes this dua, Allah will remove from him any gham and ham, depression and sadness. But you always have to remember something, brothers. When Allah and His Messenger say, if you do this, this will happen. There's an explanation and a understanding behind it. I'll just give you one quick benefit. Allah says in the Surah Al-Fatiha, we read Fatiha, right? What did Allah say? Ihdina Salat al-Mustaqim. You all know the hadith of Abu Hurairah in Sahih al-Bukhari, right? That Allah says, Hamadani abdi, majadani abdi, hada bayni wa bayna abdi, sah? When the person says, Ihdina Salat al-Mustaqim, do you know what Allah says? هذا بيني وبين عبدي ولعبدي ما سأل. This is between me and my slave, and my slave will receive what he asks for. Ponder here now. Allah is the person saying إهدنا الصراط المستقيم. Allah saying هذا بيني وبين عبدي. This is between me and my slave. ولعبدي and my slave will be given what he asks for. So the, it means that the person will be guided. True or false? Because that's what the person is asking for. Allah guide me, and Allah said I'll give them what they ask for. But aren't there some people who say and they're not guided? True or false? Why? There's, what are the previous ayats? So you need to... The reason I'm not going to answer this question for you guys is because when the Quran says something like that or the Sunnah says if you make this dua this will happen for you it, there's an explanation to it. Are you with me brothers? Because somebody will make the dua of Nabila Yunus ibn Matta and the depression doesn't go. And the sadness doesn't go. True or false? Why? Why does it not go? So come to the seminar, inshallah ta'ala. Find out. Find out why when you make this dua, it doesn't go. Inshallah. Hey? Ah, ah, manuscripts. There are many books that are there. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, there was. Like, for example, you, you all know the story of um, you all know the ideology and the concept that's been pushed that the Quran is not it hasn't the Quran itself has been changed and the manuscripts. Have you heard this doubt before? You know where this doubt came from? This doubt came from a 
Orientalist who did tahqiq of the Kitab al-Masahif Libn Abi Dawud. This Kitab al-Masahif is one of the books that talk about the manuscript, the, the, the mushafs that Uthman sent. This book is written by the son of Abu Dawud, Abu Dawud the Sunan. His son wrote it, Abu Bakr. An Orientalist brought this manuscript out. First person who brought it out was the Orientalist. He was a, a German Orientalist. He brought it out. His name was Arthur something. He brought it out at the beginning. He brought all the shubhas. Because the Muslims didn't yet produce the book, what happened? Anybody who wants to read the book has to read by the one that he, that he worked on. Are you with me, brothers? And so the doubt creeped into the Muslim countries like that. Are you with me, brothers? I went to, one, I went to British Library. I had a, my, whilst I was studying my university, I used to have a university card ID, so I was permitted to go to the um, British Library and I got to know the workers there and they would let me take manuscripts and whatnot. One day I was, at the, I was on the t- tilt and I was waiting for a copy of one of the books. So I, the book I was looking for was one of the books written by Sirajuddin al-Bulqini. So I went, Wallahi, it's a true story. Sirajuddin al-Bulqini's kitab, I wanted, I asked, can, I copy, can you copy this for me? As I was asking for the book, a white, British, English came over, stood right next to me. And he said, I've seen you come here and... But he said, why do you say Sirajuddin al-Bulqini? He said it to me. I said, that's how the scholars say it, and that's how it's said in the books, and that's how I read it. He said, the correct name is Sirajuddin al-Bulqini. Wallahi was right. I researched and I found out it was correct. He's right. And I tajabed. And I called some of the mashaykhs and I told them, and they said, really? They researched, they came back to me, they said, yeah, it's right. Are you with me, brothers? So, actually, the Torah, the works that are present in the Muslim, in the, in the West, in the, in the British Library, and are you with me? Just yesterday, somebody sent me something. What was it? The Muhtasar of Al-Ba'li. Ba'li is Muhtasar of a Kitab. And it was taken from the British Library in London. Allah Al-Azim. Copy. I have it on my iPad. It's a copy they were sent for me from the British Library. I emailed the British Library. When I was told it was there, they emailed it to me. No other copy. No other way. This is the only copy they have. Are you with me, brothers? So what's the chance of somebody tampering with your sources and playing with it and causing more division amongst the Muslims and changing words here and there? Are you with me? So it's, it's sad. If you go to the libraries today in the Western countries, like for example the UK and others, the majority of the people who are in the library are not Muslims. The, 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 the non-Muslims are more in the library. They're the ones who are reading. They're the ones who are studying. They're the ones who are researching. The Muslims don't read. Yeah? Little they read. So we need to wake up and learn and study our own Torah, our own heritage, and look into it. Last question, inshallah. Huh? Yeah, there's a yeah here, yeah. Safwan, Jahmul Safwan. It's Safwan, as Safwan, yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's not, you're right, it's without it. It's Jahm ibn Safwan, without an alif al
امم بسم الله تعالى الكلام هيا ان شاء الله تعالى سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا الله استغفرك واتوب